is Exit Beeline, powered by BackSportsPage.com. Welcome back to the Exit Vila podcast. I'm your host, Adam Cohen, and I'm joined tonight by my friend and co-worker, Henry. And tonight we are going to talk about the top 10 shortstops in all of baseball. And I don't know if it's just me, Henry, but there are so many talented shortstops in baseball. I mean, growing up, shortstop seemed like more of a defensive position, but now it, it might be arguably the best position in all of baseball. It's, it's very ridiculous. So what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. It's it's one of the deepest positions in the game, and it certainly has changed a lot from the time that you and I were growing up. Uh, it, it used to be a lot more defensive-oriented, and you still have some of those defensive specialist guys, but the bats are a lot stronger as a whole, uh, and it's an exciting group to talk about. I certainly agree, and it, it's so funny to think that I remember in the 90s, I mean, I wasn't around in the 90s, of course, I'm only 19, but... I remember in the 90s, it was Jeter, Garcia, Parr, and A-Rod who kind of stemmed from Cal Ripken, and now it's just a completely different ball game, which is hilarious and ridiculous at the same time. Yeah, and there was a handful of other guys later, like uh, Troy Tulowitzki, mm-hmm. Hanley, Ramirez, uh, A-Rod you mentioned, but yeah, there's, there, and, uh, did you say Derek Jeter? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Derek Jeter too. So, I mean, there's been stars at the position, but... Not as many as there are right now. It's loaded. Yeah. Well, before we get into the, into the stars right now, who who is your prospect to watch, Henry? This is a star to be one day, Adam, and I'm not sure if it will be in 2020, uh, but Wander Franco is coming eventually for the Rays, and he's widely regarded as the best hitting prospect in all of baseball. Uh, he has a lifetime minor league batting average of 336 and a slugging percentage of 523. And he's only 20 years old. He's a switch hitter who gives you above average defense as well. Kid's going to be a stud. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Yeah, no, he's arguably the best prospect in baseball. According to a lot of different reports, I believe MLB.com, maybe even Baseball America. And he is excellent. The Rays already have a pretty nifty shortstop in Willie Adamas, but he's he's very good. He can easily be a 2020 player. And I was looking through his stats a little bit earlier today, and it's, it's very interesting because he has a very good walk rate, and he doesn't strike out all too much either. Yeah, he's a really well-rounded hitter, and I think that will translate well when he finally does get the chance uh, to take the jump. But who knows uh, how how uh, soon it will be that we see Franco, especially with the start of this season in question. That's a very good point, but it's not hard to fathom that he'd be around probably in a year or two, I would say. Yes, one day. But who do you got for your prospect to watch, Adam? So I want to go with a different pick. I could have easily chosen Carter Keboom, who's an excellent shortstop prospect, but he's also can play third base, and I, I believe you mentioned a while back. So instead... I went with this prospect named Marco Luciano, who plays for the Giants. And Luciano's originally from the DR, and he killed Ricky Ball this past season. He slashed 322, 438, and 16. And then he also had 10 homers and 8 stolen bases. So he is going to be very good for the Giants. And perhaps a few years down the road, maybe three years or so, can replace the aging Brandon Crawford, who... It's not really too much of a power hitter. He's slowly being fizzled out in today's type of game. 
I like it, Adam. That's a deep dive into the prospect pool to get to Luciano, but certainly that is uh, an impressive profile so far at the rookie ball level. Uh, so I'll mark my calendar a couple years down the line. Maybe he'll be the savior for the Giants. Yeah, when the Giants finally make it back to the playoffs. <laughs> it might be a while. Yeah, it is hard to imagine how they were so close last year, and, and no one really knows how. Maybe they're yeah. bullpen. <laughs> they were kind of, I mean, they were like hovering around the race, but it just, I don't know, it didn't seem real. That's true, yeah. I guess it wasn't really close, but they still were in the thick of it for a little while, which is very strange. Right. And I guess I'm, my perspective was uh, a little bit off because I'm thinking about how far back they were from the Dodgers, but they were closer in the in the wild card race, to your credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Henry, who, who's the player that just missed? As we mentioned, we there's such a deep pro, uh, shortstop pool, so it must have been tough to kind of uh, to just have these guys that just missed the cut. So, who's your who's your player that just missed? Um, I'm actually going to give you a handful of them because I'm really having a hard time picking between these three and I left them off my list. That shows you a little bit about how good this position is. And these guys are all good. Uh, Corey Seager, Paul DeYoung and Jorge Polanco are my near misses. Um, they were all pretty strong last year. Uh, DeYoung had the best year of the three with a 5.3 war, really a breakout season. But it was a little bit out of nowhere-ish for him. Uh, Seager, we've seen it before. He got hurt last year. And Jorge Polanco, I think, is underrated. A great hitter year in, great and year in, year in and year out for the Twins. Excuse me. Uh, but great position. I think they just missed for me. Yeah, those are definitely some good pits. I only had Paul DeJun, but I, because I just I was I thought it was going to be revolutionary. But like, oh, Paul DeJun just missed it. But turns out we have. Uh, one of the same just misses, but if I had to choose a couple other guys, I would say Mondesi is also very good for the Royals. I mean, this guy can run like the devil. He's he's ridiculous, but it's just his bat's not quite there yet. And then you have Tim Anderson, who will certainly regress after a ridiculously high uh, bat at ball in play. And then even Didi Gregorius, he, he can also be up there, but just after a poor 2019 and a new start with the Phillies, he also just missed the top 10 for me as well. And you kind of have to like Gregorius as a Yankee guy, I'm sure. So you're obligated to have him honorable mention. Uh, I didn't even think about him for honorable mention, to be honest. Uh, and I like Mondesi too. I didn't think about him either. Uh, I think about him for fantasy, but in real baseball, not as good. Um, but yeah, some, some good near misses there for you. Otherwise that I agree with Adam. Yeah, I appreciate it. And it, it's so funny that you mentioned how you didn't even think about Didi Gregorius because he was out of baseball for a little while, but it, it's so funny because this guy, I was, I used to argue with my friends all the time that he was a top five shortstop in the game. And I was looking at early hit like these four to three war seasons, which were pretty good. And I said, he was better than Bogarts. I thought the world of him. And then after he came back from Tommy John, he just didn't seem like the same. Yeah, and hopefully he can turn it around with the uh, Phillies. I'm wishing him the best. Me too. So for your number 10 pick, we'll get right into it. Who is it for you? It's a guy you mentioned in your near misses, uh, but I decided to hold my tongue until I could get to here, and it's Tim Anderson. 
Uh, he certainly is due for some regression, but he had a pretty awesome shortened uh, year. He played 123 games, still able to get 3.7 wins above replacement. Uh, he led the American League in batting average. Might have been all of baseball with the 335. I know it was the AL for sure. Um, 81 runs, 18 homers, and 17 steals in 865 OPS for Anderson. Um, so I think that, you know, he's got good pop. He's got good speed. Obviously, a lot of batting average. Really well-rounded hitter. The glove isn't great, uh, but... Probably we do see a little bit of bad bit progression, as you alluded to, Adam. Uh, but he is a fast guy, so that helps a little bit in that category. But it doesn't uh, explain quite what he was able to do last year. Yeah, no, he, he definitely had a career year for sure. And honestly, do you remember when he had that amazing bat flip and everyone got angry at him? And then somehow <laughs> he just propelled himself at the forefront of this new kind of outspoken baseball generation? I love it, and I do remember the bat flip. It was very polarizing. People either hated it or loved it. Uh, and actually saying that, I wasn't super polarized in my opinion. I mean, I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't, it didn't shock me. It didn't change my world to see that bat flip. Um, but yeah, he is certainly at the forefront of that movement you described. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Jose Bautista level bat flip right there, but it's yeah. it certainly got him some notification. Now everyone's talking about and everyone knows who he is. I, I kind of heard about him before, but he, he did have a great season, just to go back to your point. And I definitely think he can still be one of the best shortstops in the game, but looking specifically at his bat bip, his bat balls in play, 399. The major league average is hovering around 300, so that's going to go pretty down. He is fast, so it won't go completely down as you might think, but he's still will rest. He has a 2.9 walk percentage, which is really, really tiny. So he he will regress, but he should still be around a 20-20 player with good offensive prowess. And that low of a walk percentage makes the 335 batting average all the more crazy that <laughs> he's still able to bat that well. Exactly, yeah. Some guys are just meant to hit. kind of reminds me of Starlin Castro when he was on the Yankees. Oh, when he was on the Cubs, too, he did that. He was a beast. Yeah, he can reach 3,000 hits. Like he's, he did, No one thinks of him in that way. I didn't realize that either. I kind of hadn't thought about that, but that would be awesome to see. It would. But uh, moving on, I know you probably don't have Castro on this list. Who Who's your number 10 here, Adam? See, I really hated putting this guy at my top 10 because he, he's just so good. And... It's Carlos Correa. He, he was at someone last season, actually. He had 21 home runs, a 916 OPS, a 3.2 F4, but I couldn't really put him any further because of his health. He played 75 games last year, 110 in 2018, 109 in 2017. So, And he has like mixed results in between, so I, I don't know if I can really put him further, but his ceiling is still as high as any shortstop in the game. I'm going to go ahead and jump in with you, and I'm pretty much uh, have the same feelings about Correa. I actually ranked him eighth, so I'm not far off, and it is it is all health because he has this, as much upside as anybody in baseball. He can't stay on the field, man. Uh, you alluded to it. He has played over 110 games only once in five seasons, and it was 20. It was 2016. He just and yeah, it was the freak injury last year. He hurt his or broke his rib with a massage gone wrong. I mean, he it's it is 
he's becoming injury prone at this point, and it's a shame because he's a clearly very, very talented hitter. And if he can stay on the field, he has the potential to be much higher on this list. But yeah, it's it's a matter of health for Correa. Yeah, this guy can easily be a thirty home run player with with good defense, which is which is excellent at a shortstop, and you'd be one of the best offensive players in the game too. But He's, he's certainly become injury-prone, and it's interesting. I was actually arguing with a guy on Twitter about this, and if someone's injury-prone for one or two seasons, I, I, won't, I don't count them as injury-prone, but this is now three seasons now, and I love the fact that you mentioned he only played more than 110 games once in his five-year career. So he is the definition of injury-prone, and we just need to see a level of health and consistency from him. Yeah, and I'm wishing that for him, although he is an Astro, so you kind of <laughs> – Take that with a grain of salt. You can only be so happy for them and wish so many good things for them. But nonetheless, I don't want to wish bad health on anybody, especially uh, in, in the climate that we see today with current events, uh, to take a serious turn there. But um, let's let's get back to baseball. Yeah, exactly. So who's your number nine pick, Henry? Number nine for me is Marcus Simeon for the A's, and I don't really like him, and I'm not really sure I'm even saying his name right. Is it? Is it Simeon? I, I think you're right. It's either, it's either Simeon or Simeon. I'm not entirely sure. And that is a testament to how under the radar he is, and he he certainly was an underrated player going into last year. He probably still is now, but he was a beast last year, man. Uh, of all the guys I was looking at and all the guys I have listed here, he had the most wins above replacement last year with 8.9. I'm pretty sure that was most among shortstops. Uh, 123 runs, 92 RBI, 33 homers, 285 average, 369 on-base percentage, 892 OPS, 187 hits I thought was pretty awesome too. Uh, and he played good defense. He was an MVP candidate. I think he was third in the AL in MVP voting. Am I correct? Yes, Adam? sir. So uh, that's I've pretty much broken down the numbers on Simeon. And and that, I should say that was kind of out of nowhere, which is why I don't have him ranked higher. I'm sure there is some regression on the way. Do you agree that he's good? Are you skeptical of him? Where are you at with Simeon? See, I have him higher a little bit. I don't have him in not even in my top five, but I, I will get to him in a little bit, and I'll talk more on him. But he, I just think with how good he was last season, he's not going to regress to the point where he's going to be in the bottom part of this list. And at the same time, I know this guy used to lead all of baseball in errors, which was bizarre now he's a great fielder but the last two years he's actually been a very good fielder he's always had decent speed holds 10 bats last year always had 20 homer pop probably got a boost from the juice ball but he will have some regression he's a career 323 on base percentage hitter and he had 369 on base percentage last year so that will certainly regress but i still think with how well he did last year he's not gonna he's not gonna go too far down on this list and one more uh, reason to be concerned about Simeon I should throw in. Uh, I mentioned he had an 892 OPS last year, and his career number there is 752. Wow. So I would look for a little regression in that category as well. So, uh, But certainly still, you're, like you said, he can regress and still be a very strong player. But who is number nine for you, my friend? So I was kind of on the fence for this because I didn't really envision as Trey turned this way, but his numbers kind of convinced me. And Turner... He's always been very fast, always one of the fastest players in baseball, 
back in the old days where players could run as pretty much as often as you want, he probably could steal 70 or 80 bats. But today's game, 30 and 40 stolen bases pretty much through climate. He also is really close to a 20-40 player as well. He had 19 home runs last season, 35 stolen bases. So he's very good. He only did that in 122 games. And he's had he played in all 162 back in 2018. So over a full season, he could be very deadly. And that's the thing with Turner is you look at the numbers and what he's able to do in limited time and you extrapolate it out. You're like, ah, oh, if he could only give me this 162 game pace, he'd steal 90 bases. He'd hit 30 home runs. Uh, I don't know about the 30 home runs part, but he'd bat 300. Um, but he is, I love Trey Turner. I have him higher on my list. He's number, all right, I'll, I'll tell you when we get there, but he's higher for me. No spoilers or a little bit of spoilers. Uh, but Trey Turner is a really good player. And uh, for, you know, you think about the steel specialists that we see in the league, a lot of them don't give you anything in terms of power, like your Malik Smith, D. Gordon types. Uh, but Trey Turner does, like you said, give you 19 homers. He could maybe give you 20, 25 if you're dreaming for that upside. He plays a whole year. Um, but, you know, he's got pop in his bat. He's got good average. He gets on base and steals bases. Uh, there's a lot to like in his game and pretty good defense as well. But I should say injuries is, is another worry for Turner as well. He's got a little bit of an injury history developing. But it does kind of, for the most part, seem to be like freak accidents. He broke his finger last April. So I wouldn't think that would be too much of a nagging thing. Maybe hurt his power production a little bit last year. He only had 57 RBI. But I feel like I'm ranting on Turner, so my apologies. No, it's all good. He, he's, he's an excellent player, and you're right. His, you know, In the last two years, he's the first time he's played 120 games or more. He had an injury last season, even if it was a freak accident. So time only tell for him. But he's a very excited, and I believe even an overlooked player in the game too. Absolutely. And I I think I rank him higher just I owe that to fantasy baseball <laughs> and how much of a beast he is in a categories league. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. And moving on from Trey Turner, who's your number eight, Henry? Number eight for me is actually Carlos Correa, who we uh, broke down earlier. I, I like him a lot too. I like the upside, but it's injuries, man. Yeah, it, it's kind of similar case to Turner, but – I would say Correa is more of an extreme. Just you want to be healthy again. You want him to show he can go over a full season, though. Maybe, maybe he can uh, not take have the best season because of, of course, what happened with the Astros scandal. We kind of want all of them to be affected by it, but of course, <laughs> not have poor health. You wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I have someone who also has been in that swing shortstop for quite some time, but is also at a stroke of bad luck and injury history, and that is Corey Seager. And I love Seager. He is this guy who can hit 30-plus home runs. He is the rookie of the year. He is a pretty solid fielder. He's definitely be one of the best hitters in the Dodgers and the best hitters in the game. But I don't know. It's just there's so many good guys on, on this list, and he just didn't have that 30-plus homer pop like some of the other guys. He wasn't as good of a fielder. He's kind of somewhere in between, and I couldn't really put him higher than that. The thing with Seager, to me, is when he had his really good year in 2016, he had 26 homers and 877 OPS. 
that was kind of before the power surge. I mean, there was a league-wide power surge, but I feel like shortstop hadn't really experienced that to the same degree that it has now, to where other guys started putting up more power numbers, and he kind of stayed the same. And now it's like he's not really standing out there anymore. And, in fact, he's kind of, I don't know, close to average. Um, But, yeah, I, I mean, I like Corey Seager. I think he's still a good player. The batting average is still strong year after year, and you can count on that. So there's something to be said about that. Um, but, he, yeah, he doesn't have as much power as uh, some of the other guys on this list, which is why I had him just missing the cut. Exactly. He, he doesn't – if he does get to 30 home runs, it's barely. And you're right, 20 home runs is now normal for a quality shortstop, which is – Wild. I never would have thought that. I would only think probably the top three or four guys would have that and not even. So, but now he's just one of the norm. He probably, he might not even deserve to be on this top 10 list, but just because of how good he's been while he's been healthy, I felt like eight was probably a good spot with him. And a really good lineup too, that'll help his counting stats. I'm sure. Of course. Of course. So with that being said, who's your number seven? Another guy with a really good lineup that'll count help his counting stats, who I would imagine you have a little bit higher, Glaber Torres, <laughs> come on down. He had a 3.1 war last year, which is good, not great, and probably why I'm ranking him 7, which may seem a little bit low uh, for a guy who had 38 homers last year. The thing, uh, I joke, uh, this is only part of the reason why I'm not higher on Torres, but uh, like what, 20 of those homers were against the Orioles. <laughs> uh, what did he do against the rest of the league? Uh, of course, he is still a good hitter, and he plays in a great lineup uh, with a great ballpark that is really conducive to power and his swing, and he's going to put up big numbers. Um, but I think maybe we'll get down uh, later in the show. We might have an argument about ballpark around a certain Colorado shortstop. So I want to I want to start that argument here and say why don't we do it for Yankees too? Well, as much as I'd love to get into it and disagree with you, I have Taurus in the same spot. Woo! All right, <laughs> you know, and this is why we didn't look at each other's rankings today to see what kind of surprises we'd come across. Henry, why would you spoil that to our viewers that we look at each other's list? Come on, man! I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> but yeah, usually we have it on the same dock. But Henry. Very, very uh, acutely realized that we should probably have our own list soon. I'm glad that we had that pleasant surprise there. Yeah, me too. That, that's interesting that you don't have Torres ranked higher. Yeah, no, I mean, I love the guy. During the season, he just seemed like a god because he played the Orioles nine times a year and he had pretty much 20 home runs against them. I mean, obviously, he's still a good hitter. Anytime a shortstop, especially, can have 30-plus home runs, it's, it's very good. can even get 40 home runs, which is excellent. I don't care. Where you're at, that's that's very good. But Yankee Stadium certainly helps. And he's also, I think what's holding us back is he doesn't have a high on base percentage, only 337. With how good he was last year, he needs to really improve his walk rate. Additionally, he's really not that great of a fielder. He, I remember watching him. He would just be making all these little dumb mistakes. He has all the talent in the world, but just all these little weird or dumb mistakes like a routine play would just throw the ball away or something or just bobble it. And if he can just shore up those sides, he's still young enough, then perhaps he could be in the top five. And thank you. That's another thing that I forgot to mention about Torres. Another gripe I had with him is that the glove is below average. And that's certainly a difficult team to play shortstop for. Uh, you got some 
high, uh, high expectations, big shoes to fill. Uh, not just with Derek Jeter, obviously, but uh, Didi Gregorius was a really strong defensive shortstop as well. So the, the bar has been set high there. Um, but Glaber, uh, still very strong hitter, like you said. And there's a lot to like, and he's a, de- definitely a top 10 player. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you can't hit 38 home runs and not be a top 10 shortstop. Yeah, Absolutely. With that being said, who is your number six pick, Henry? Uh, number six for me was Fernando Tatis. Okay. Uh, he was good for 4.1 war last year, and that was only in 84 games, uh, 334 at-bats. He was able to give you 22 homers, 61 runs, 53 RBI, 16 steals, a 317 average. Uh, and you look at that, that's in like half a season. So that was a pretty awesome pace for the young man. I, I don't know if I said 22 homers or not. I think I left that out. Um, but huge rookie season for him. Uh, the one thing where regression is really likely is he's, we talked earlier in the show about Tim Anderson. Uh, Fernando Tatis was an even more extreme Babip guy. It was over 400. It was 410 is what it was last year. Uh, and he is another really fast guy, so you would expect a high Babbitt, but that high isn't sustainable. When you said league average is 300, that, that's coming down, but that can come down, and he can still easily live up to number six at the position. I think he has the potential for more. Oh, yeah, and it's funny because he could easily be the best shortstop in the game as when we resume. He needs to be a 30-30 player, can bat probably 270 or above, maybe not 300 again with that Babbitt that you're talking about, but he is electric. I've been watching videos from nonstop, just scoring on pop-ups or getting to rundowns and getting out of it. He just has this great style about him, and he is one of the best young players of the game, and we're going to be seeing a lot of him and hearing a lot about him too, especially the Padres are starting to improve and perhaps push for a playoff run in the next couple years. And only 21 years Jeez. old. That's, that's wild to be that good at that age. It's insane. Yeah, I have him a little bit close to where you're at. He's not my number six, though. Mine is a guy that we already mentioned in Marcus Semyon. And just to add on a little bit with him, he, he is a very well-rounded shortstop. His speed, has power, has defense. And although he might not get a, I think you said 8.9 uh, baseball reference war. I use fan graphs. So it's a little bit smaller. But still, he went all shortstops in war. He's still probably a 4-5 or five win war player. And he, he's, still a very, he's still very excellent. So... I think it's a very conservative pick for him. It's not, he's obviously not the top five, not the best, but he'll give you solid numbers. Not a flashy guy per se, but reliable, steady, solid. And, yeah, I certainly agree with you. I think that five war, five, six war is a pretty attainable floor for him. Definitely. So moving on from Semyon Tatis, who is your number five pick? Number five for me is Trey Turner. I I like him a lot, and when we're talking, I realized uh, I don't really discount his injury history to the same degree that I do Carlos Correa, and maybe that's not fair, but I love me some Trey Turner, man. He's he's got wheels for days, and he can still give you a little bit of pop. Just just stay healthy, Trey. Yeah, he he needs to be a little bit more healthy, and... I think what's a little bit different between him and other shortstops, he doesn't have that 30 homer power. He doesn't have that 
defensive prowess as some of these other shortstops. He's kind of somewhere in between. He has, like, the best speed by far out of any of these guys. Maybe, I would say, even better than Tatis by a pretty decent margin. He's Tatis is ridiculously fast. I just think Trey Turner's faster. But he's not really your conventional shortstop. And so it's hard to kind of peg him as a number five shortstop, but there's definitely a case to be made about him. He's unique. I think that there there's certainly no other player in baseball who has the skill set exactly like his. I certainly agree. My number five, actually, you mentioned him for your number six. That is Tatis Jr. And it's very tempting to put him even in the top three, but you mentioned that 410 batted balls in play. And he is also just, it was just his first year, and he just played 84 games. So you never know what he's going to do in a sophomore season. But 30-30 is not out of the question. I would say 40-40 is a bit of a stretch. And he might not be the best shortstop right away, but he will certainly be up there for years to come. Yeah, and to be a 21-year-old and to be a slam dunk top 10 shortstop, you're doing pretty good, Fernando. Exactly, exactly. Who's your number four? Number four for me uh, is a guy who I feel like, I, you know, there's multiple guys in here who I feel like could be higher up on the list. It uh, just goes to show you, again, how strong the position is, and that's Xander Bogarts, who had 5.9 wins above replacement last year per baseball reference. That was 33 homers, 110 runs, 117 RBI, 309 average. Uh, he had a 9.39 OPS and a 3.84 on-base percentage. Awfully strong there. Uh, he's got a great approach at the plate. Does not uh, – well, he, he struck out a little bit, but not overwhelmingly so. But, you know, still able to get a 3.09 batting average. He is a well-rounded hitter, doesn't have a whole lot of speed uh, in comparison to some of these other guys we talk about at the top of the list. Uh, but I believe the glove is decent, at least, for Bogarts. Am, am I mistaken? No, you're right. And it's interesting, because originally his first couple of years and when he was coming up through the minors, he, he wasn't very well-regarded with his glove. He had a very difficult time, and he's a, he's a big guy. I think he's at least 6'3", but now he's a pretty respectable shortstop at least for the glove. And yeah, his offensive prowess is one of the best in the game. Obviously that 117 RBIs is a bit inflated with the Red Sox lineup last year, but a shortstop game over 100 RBIs is still excellent. And 33 home runs is still amazing. He has really, really progressed each and every year and has put himself in easily top five shortstops in the game. And, uh, yeah. Do, do you, uh, have Bogarts ranked too far off for me? Not too far off. He's, He's a little bit above, so I'm right there with you on him. All right, well, then who do you have it for, Adam? I have your man, Javi Baez. Okay. And All right, let's, let's hear some Javi love. Yeah, so I would love to see Javi from, from 2018 again, where he came third in an MVP award. And I don't know if he'll ever be that 30-30. I don't, I don't think he reached 30-30. I think he was very close. Did he, did he reach it? Do you remember? Uh, 34 bombs and 21 steals. Okay. So not quite there, but it'd be nice to see him hit 2020 again. I don't know if that will happen or not, but he's excellent. Obviously has great pop. Obviously has so much flair. He is El Mago. I love that nickname. So, and he's actually, I didn't realize how good of a uh, defender he was. You always see the highlight plays, but I thought he was just very flashy and maybe not, always routine and all that stuff. But he had 26 defensive runs saved last year. He was he was excellent. And he might be not as high as the list 
come 2021, but just out of respect for coming in third and MVP in 2018 and being a long-standing presence and a great power hitter and just an all-around good player, he's number four for me. See, that's the thing about Javi Baez, Adam, is that he is flashy, but he also he makes the routine plays, and he makes them all look easy. He makes every play look routine, and that is what being El Mago is all about. He is the magician, and he truly is. Uh, the fastest hands in baseball, <laughs> I believe. The best defensive shortstop in the game. Uh, he makes those highlight plays night after night. Uh, but he, you know, the tags, the diving plays, the arm is as strong as anybody. Uh, and the man can hit, too, by the way. Uh, 29 homers last year, 85 RBI. Uh, that was a little bit down from the huge year in 2018 you alluded to. But that's encouraging to see. It was kind of a breakout 2018 season, and he at least sustained mm-hmm. that in last year. And he, he batted 281, uh, which was strong for him. Uh He's a career 270 hitter, so I think you know he, he has improved that in, in recent years, but it's always been pretty strong. Um, the OPS over 840 for the second year in a row. It was 847 last year. It's a lot of power in Javi Baez's swing. He's the cover athlete for the show, so that tells you something. Uh, I actually have him ranked uh, number two. I, I, you know, I'm always going to push, push my Cubs guys up a spot or two. Uh, but he missed time down the stretch last year with a hairline fracture in his thumb. So the numbers would have been a little more impressive for him. But he still put up six war in 138 games. So there, there's a little bit of room for growth there with El Mago as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting with him because he it seems like he's grown a lot as a player. I remember he was coming at the same time as Jorge Soler. Now Soler's a great player too, but both of them had such big swings and were looked like all-or-nothing hitters. And Baez really refined that. He's now walks a lot as well. He cut down his big swing. Still still a powerful swing, but now can hit for average a bit. His defense, I would say, has gotten better. Makes the routine plays, not just the flashiness. And I will add that part of that flashiness is how good of a tagger he is, which is starting to become really popular among middle infielders in the game as well, which was not a thing a few years back. Yeah, it's an art, and certainly Javi makes it look like one. I told you, fastest hands in baseball, <laughs> that's a fact. There's no debate. Uh, and look at the way he avoids tags, too, on the on the other side. Of swim that move. Way. Like, spin, swim move is, is a famous Javi move. He, he does some amazing things night after night, and he is certainly one of the most fun players to watch in the game. Um, but you're right, too. He has grown a lot in his six-year career. He was a guy who used to swing and miss at a slider to strike out every time, it seemed like, or a curveball, breaking balls. He just couldn't hit him at all. He's come a long way in that regard. And as a Cubs fan, it's been really rewarding to see Hobbies rise to the top of the game. Yeah, I certainly agree. He's He's been such a fun player to watch, and it's nice to see how he's developed. And I, I really would not have pegged him to be – the best Cub, arguably, on this entire team, out of more so, I would say, than Brian Rizzo, maybe, at this point. I would probably say so. I, and, spoiler, uh, or I don't know what I'm spoiling, but uh, KB, maybe spoiling my diary, KB is my favorite Cub, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I love them all so, so very deeply, and it's hard for me to look objectively, but I'd say either Baez or KB are the best. Yeah, that's a fair point. Hey, they got you that championship, and 
You'll, you'll never forget that one. Yeah, I love you too, Rizzo. I don't want to <laughs> leave you entirely out of that talk, but <laughs> yeah. For for my number three was actually your number four in Bogarts, and I, I've seen this guy play against the Yankees all too often. He is he's also just grown so much. He he was this guy who kind of came up with like this kind of maybe speed ish powers guy, like fifteen fifteen player, bad defense, maybe had some height, came up at a young age. Now he's. 30-plus homer guy who's one of the best hitters in the game and, for me, is a top three shortstop. So he's grown as well, and he's going to be a nightmare for the Yankees to come. Yeah, he really has grown a lot too. I didn't realize that, but looking back at his baseball reference page, he kind of did – he rose up from kind of a mediocre hitter to now one of the very best in the game, and he will be a thorn in the side, I'm sure, for the Yankees. Fortunately so. Uh, you guys are still still set up to kick their butts for a couple years at least. Yeah, even if we don't play their same division, which would be something. Yeah, you guys got your grapefruit Northwest, whatever, to, to beat up on. It's, I think that's the one. I think you're right. Yeah, exactly. Who, who's your number two, by the way? Uh, I, I might be getting my wires crossed up here, but I thought I was on number three, uh, who I had Trevor Story. Um 6-1, war last year, 35 bombs, Coors Field, yeah, yeah. Uh, but 111 runs, 85 RBI, 23 steals, the man's got wheels. Uh, 294 batting average, a 917 OPS, which I should point out, that is uh, the second straight year he's had a uh, plus 900 OPS and three out of four professional seasons in which he has done so. He's got a really good glove. He is a well-rounded player and... Maybe I should have him higher than three, but I, I wasn't going to do hobby like that. And then you could probably deduce who my number one is from, from how my uh, list has gone from here. Yeah, we can agree on our number one. We'll, we'll get to that very shortly. And I, 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 it's funny because I could hear it in your voice a bit and how you're giving all these good arguments and you're trying to not make me mention the chorus field effect. But it's interesting because I actually <laughs> I agree with you. I love Trevor Story. He's actually my number two. And... It's interesting how much we're agreeing tonight, which is which is funny because we we disagreed a fair amount on the right fielders, but hey, sometimes it happens. And yeah, he's honestly, in my opinion, he might be the best shortstop ever in Rockies history. He is he is that good. He is kind of the healthier version of Troy Tulisky with maybe even more speed and just as good as a glove and maybe even a little bit more pop. And he is very consistent, putting up usually about. A 30-20 player each year, 900-plus OPS, and really, really good defense at shortstop. I was getting ready to go to bat for Tulowitzki, but then I realized that like at his peak, that's pretty much what we've seen from Trevor Story the last couple of years. So, yeah, maybe he is the best in, in Rockies history, and it, it certainly is funny that we're agreeing more than usual because we've coordinated less than usual. Exactly. Not looking uh, at, at each other's rankings at all. I guess we're, we're just – Two smart fellas, man. We're two in sync tonight. Um, which I guess we both like Trevor Story. Not really anything bad we can say about him. I thought you were going to do Coors Field, but thank you for for respecting Trevor Story's greatness. I appreciate that. Uh, which leaves us at number one, who is Francisco Lindor. Yes, sir. Uh, and he had a little short of a season last year, but not really. I mean, it was 143 games. He missed the first couple weeks, almost a month, uh, with an ankle injury. I would know I drafted him in the first round of fantasy baseball anyways, 
Uh, he had 32 homers, 22 steals, 284 average, 101 runs. Uh, he's a lock for 100 runs year after year. And pretty good power, too, as you see in the 32 bombs there. I think he got up to, like, 38 the, uh, Excuse me, the year before. So he, he's a beast. He gives you great defense. He's fast. He is a well-rounded hitter, two-time gold glover, four-time all-star, two-time silver slugger. I I mean, there's there's other great guys on this list, but, I mean, I think we both agree Frankie takes the cake. Yeah, exactly. He And it's so funny because he really has just come up to the majors. He's been excellent every year. He's probably been excellent in green lengths. He wasn't as good as last year, and he's a little bit injured in 2019, but he is a great feeling shortstop. He can maybe even be a 40-20 player at some point. He's still only 26 years old, which is ridiculously young. And it's interesting because I was looking at his war at only 4.4, but everyone knows it's going to increase. Everyone knows he'll bass probably be 6 or 7 in a full season, and he certainly is young enough to keep being healthy. That hasn't really been a problem for him in the past, so he is certainly number one on my list as well. And it's a contract year for him. Everybody loves to talk about that. You got to ball out when the money's on the line. So go get your next contract, Frankie. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much he gets. Being so young, too, will certainly help him. I think he's got a lot of money on the way. He's he's going to make somebody very happy or, well, yeah, probably very happy. I don't want to debate too much. I don't have a crystal ball. I think he's going to be good for years to come, but... They get those big contracts, and you, you never know, Adam. That's very true. It won't be in Cleveland, though. Yeah, they they don't seem uh, too determined to keep anybody around long-term, <laughs> do they? Yeah. It's so weird because even small market teams, their owners own so much money. They, they can make them a bigger market team they wanted to, but they just kind of choose not to do that. I get they're not, not everyone's the Yankees, but if they wanted to keep Lindor, they would keep Lindor. And if there is a player to back up the Brinks truck for, I mean, who who other than Francisco Lindor? But that's your prerogative, Indians. If you want to let a great player hit the market, a surefire exit velo number one at the position player. If you're if you're willing to let that walk, then I don't know what to tell you, Cleveland. And you blew a three-one lead, so <laughs> I guess I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I think that's a really great place to leave it. That was our top 10 shortstop list. Thank you for listening to me and Henry tonight. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And this is not goodbye. This is see you later. Until next time, this is the Exit Podcast. Hey.